Psalm 97 is a call to rejoice in Christ's reign, but it's especially a call to us to rejoice in his coming judgment. Now, we don't typically put those two concepts together. We don't typically put rejoicing and final judgment together. But that's exactly what Psalm 97 is calling, not only us as the people of God to do, but in fact, all of the nations and all of the peoples of the earth to do, uh, to rejoice that Jesus Christ reigns and that Jesus Christ is coming again in final judgment. Now, again, Uh, We don't typically put those concepts together, and yet the scriptures put them together almost everywhere. (laughs) And there's many places in the New Testament and the Old Testament that combines the idea of the people of God rejoicing in final judgment, in God coming in supreme judgment to destroy this world and to judge the wicked and to usher in the age to come. And Psalm 58 is one of those places. It's a very vivid picture that we have in Psalm 58 where the people of God are called on to rejoice when they see the vengeance that God is going to bring upon the sin of this world and the imperfections and the fallenness of this world. And the language there at the end of Psalm 58 is that the people of God are going to bathe their feet in the blood of the wicked. A very, very vivid image that we have from the Old Testament. But it's a picture of the people of God rejoicing in Christ's judgment. We can think of the New Testament. We think of especially 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. You don't have to turn there, but I wanted to read this passage to you. It's one that you might be familiar with. So, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 through 10, where Paul says this, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. And so one of the things that the scriptures remind us as believers is that when Jesus returns again, we are going to be taken up with him in the air and we are going to watch him destroy this earth and to bring judgment on the wicked. And it's going to be a time of glory and it's going to be a time of amazement and marvel and praise to his name. It's going to be a time of rejoicing. Revelation 19 gives us a similar picture where the saints of God watch the smoke of Babylon rise forever And they say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. There is rejoicing in our hearts when we think of final judgment. And this is what the psalm is calling us to. It's reminding us of if we're believers in Christ. And it's actually calling the whole world to join with us in being glad that Jesus Christ is coming again. You know, and brothers, I have to say one of the reasons that we can rejoice that Jesus is coming again in final judgment is because of what the gospel teaches us. The gospel reminds us that in Christ, by faith in him, we are justified. And the final day of judgment is not a day of condemnation for us. It's the day of our justification. And so it's a glorious day. 
And there is no condemnation to us who are in Christ Jesus. And so we look forward to that day with great confidence and boldness. And we look to it as a day in which we will get to see our Savior vindicate himself. And and vindicate all of the promises that he has ever made. And cause them to come true before our very eyes. And to destroy this world and the things of this world. And to usher in the age to come. So let's take a look at Psalm 97. Psalm 97, verse 1 through 12. It's a beautiful psalm. It's a very simple psalm. It can break it basically down into two sections. In verse 1 through 6, we have the basic doctrine that Christ reigns, and that means final judgment. And in verse 7 through 12, the implications of this, the reasons why we should rejoice in this by faith in Jesus Christ. And so in verse 1, we have our basic doctrine. You can see it there. The Lord reigns. The Lord is the triune God. And we remember the New Testament teaches us that the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead, dwells in Christ bodily. The Lord reigns. We can read that. Jesus Christ reigns. And then we see the call based on that simple truth. He reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Now, when you read that word earth in this context, it refers to the peoples of the earth. It refers to the nations. It refers to the Gentiles, the peoples far away. It it refers to people who are born into this world in the darkness of sin. And because Christ reigns, the call to the world is to rejoice and let the multitude of isles be glad, to be glad in Christ and in his reign. Again, the multitude of isles, that's a reference to the fallen nations. Sinful people. In verse 2 through 6, we get a picture of what Christ's reign means and what it is ultimately that we should be rejoicing in. It's a picture of judgment. In verse 2 through 6, we get these vivid pictures of natural disasters which are pointing us to the final judgment. So you can see in verse 2, clouds and darkness surround him. The idea is when he reigns, when he comes, destruction surrounds him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Of course, all of that destruction is resting on his righteous judgment against sin, bringing the punishment that is due to sin. Verse 3, a fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. The final judgment is like a consuming fire that will consume the enemies of God. Sin and its dominion and those who are committed to sin and married to sin and unrepentant in their sin. He will consume them. He will consume them as fire. Verse 4, his lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The final judgment is like lightning. It is quick, it is fast, it is unexpected. It is alarming in its power and in its effectiveness. So the earth trembles at Christ's return and final judgment. Verse 5, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The final judgment means the closeness and the nearness of our Savior. The presence of God. And then verse 6, the heavens declare his righteousness and all people see his glory when Christ returns in judgment. It'll be like the heavens. It'll be universal and all eyes will see it. Every human being, every man, every woman and every child will experience the reality of Christ's coming in judgment. Whether that means for their condemnation or whether that means for their justification in Jesus Christ by faith in him. And so the psalm moves on and it commands us or it's it's calling us and it's encouraging us to rejoice in this great fact. 
So the question that's raised at this point is, okay, Christ is reigning. He's coming again. But why should the nations rejoice at this? What's to be glad about in thinking about all of these scenes of devastation and destruction? Well, we're given four answers. In verse 7, we should be glad that Christ reigns and is coming in final judgment because it means that all idols will be put to shame. Look at verse 7. Let all be put to shame who serve carved idols or carved images. And the picture there, of course, is the psalmist is suggesting that those who serve carved images will be put to shame in the final judgment because the idols will be put to shame. Those who boast of idols, let them be put to shame. Worship him, all you gods. And the psalm there is reminding us that Jesus Christ is the one who reigns, not the idols. The things of this world do not reign. The things that we tend to put our trust in. Baal is not sitting on the throne and Baal does not compare with Jesus Christ. Baal is not returning in power. Baal is not coming to destroy the earth and to restore it to his own image. Christ is. That's what the psalmist is saying. So he's saying, Christ, come and destroy Baal and destroy the followers of Baal. And of course, we can then uh, 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 substitute Baal for all of the idols that we are so tempted to follow and to put our trust in. And of course, there are many, aren't there? There's money and there's security and there's fame and there's power, etc., And the psalmist here is reminding us that when Christ comes in judgment, he is going to tear down those idols. He's going to destroy them. He's going to put them to shame. Those idols and and the pleasures that they promise to bring are coming to an end. This world and the things of this world are coming to an end. And the call there is to bring all of those things into service to Jesus Christ. Isn't that a neat expression there at the end of verse 7? Worship him, all gods. I mean, it's essentially the psalmist saying, Baal, repent and believe the gospel. (laughs) And of course, the implication is, is all followers of Baal, repent and believe the gospel. Money, bow the knee to Jesus Christ and come into service to him and his kingdom. Fame, bow the knee to Jesus Christ and come into the service of his kingdom. Glorious message. Well, it's a call to the whole nation, to every nation, to trust in him and to abandon their sin and to abandon this world and the things of this world, their trust in it. And to put their trust in Christ. Verse 8 through 9. Christ is coming again in final judgment. And we should rejoice in this. Because it shows us who God really is. It vindicates Christ. Look at verse 8. Zion hears and is glad. And the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. They rejoice in God's final judgment. But verse 9 is the reason why. For you, O Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Again, it's this idea that when Christ returns, he will be exalted. His his power, his promises, all the things he has taught us to hope in, he will vindicate as true. And he will show himself to be who he really is, most high above all earth. That's somewhat obscured to us in this world, in this age, isn't it? By his own design, by his own choice, it's a picture of his humility. And yet he is coming again. And we will see him for who we really know he is, all-powerful, almighty, righteous, and just to the supreme end, to the extreme, uh, uh, to the extreme. And we look forward to that day because it means our salvation. So the psalmist is calling everyone to join in, to trust, to abandon idols, and to glorify Christ, and to trust in him. Verse 10 through 11, because Jesus Christ is coming again. In final judgment, we ought to rejoice because it helps us to hate evil 
and to appreciate his grace. We can see that in verse 10. You who love the Lord, and we do love him, don't we? We, we, love, we love him, and when we think of final judgment, we love him all the more. You who love the Lord hate evil. It helps us to remember we ought to, because it's coming to an end. It's lied to us, and it's devastated us, and yet Christ is king, and he is our Savior. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the soul of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. So it helps us to remember to hate evil. It helps us to appreciate what God has done for us in his grace and in his mercy in Christ. It says that he preserves the soul of his saints. It's a reminder to us that, yes, Christ is coming again in final judgment. But for those who trust in him, they are preserved. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He preserves the soul of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Christ is coming again. All persecutions are going to come to an end. All evil is going to come to an end. All temptations, all pain, loss, and sorrow are going to come to an end. He delivers us out of the hand of the wicked. We rejoice. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. I really think what the psalmist means there by those expressions is that God has given us a new heart. He's given us eyes to see. And he's given us a heart that loves him for who he is in his righteousness and in his justice and in his power and in his judgment. And we thank him for it. We're full of gladness for it. Light is sown for the righteous. We see our eyes are open. How lovely is our Savior in his power and in his might. And we are glad. We are glad. We are looking forward to his final return. Well, in verse 12, we ought to rejoice in Christ's second coming because it means justification for those who trust in him. Verse 12, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remember, remembrance of his holy name. Now in verse 12, when the psalmist calls on us as the righteous, who says, you righteous, rejoice in the Lord. I mean, we can spend a lot of time Uh, explaining uh, the Old Testament and Abraham, righteousness was imputed to him, it was accounted to him because of his faith in God. But I think something marvelous is happening in this psalm. Because the psalm is addressing the nations. In verse 1, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. That's who the psalmist is addressing. He's addressing the multitude of isles. He's He's addressing the unbelievers. And he's warning them of final judgment. And he's telling them the truth about final judgment. And this great and glorious day when Christ is going to come again. And he's, and he's calling them to repent of their idols and to turn from them. And to love Jesus Christ and to hate evil and to trust in the grace of God. So in verse 12, whom he addressed as the nations in verse 1, he addresses as the righteous in verse 12. This psalm, this, the reading of it, the person who receives it by faith has been converted from verse 1 into verse 12. From a person who is of the multitude of the isles of this world to one who is righteous in Jesus Christ. And the psalmist then calls on us by faith to once again remember that conversion experience of how Christ has taken us from the the nations of this world, from our sins and from our idols. And he has brought us to himself and he has declared us righteous and we are in him and we rejoice in him. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks to the remembrance of his holy name. It's a, again, it's a reminder that in final judgment, yes, Christ has the power to condemn, but he also has the power to justify. 
And for those of us who believe in him and who trust in him, we will be justified on that day. So we ought to rejoice and we ought to give thanks. And so I hope that that's helpful for you.